invest in daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives in women, in girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray, the founder of She Angel Investors and the She Angels Foundation. As you know, every week we have on phenomenal female founders and funders, and today is no different because we have on an incredible founder of a new spirits product called Pink Light. Please welcome to the show, Lori Harder. Hi, Lori. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I want to give everybody a little bit of background of who we're talking to today because you are a force. Uh, you have uh, created three seven-figure businesses. Uh, you are a three-time world champion in fitness. Uh, you owned your own gym. You have a best-selling uh, book, uh, which is called A Tribe Called Bliss. I can't wait to talk about that. And a really cool podcast called Earn Your Happy has 25 million downloads. Honey, you are just incredible. Oh my God. Well, thank you. And I literally, it's still weird to hear that. And I, I always want to tell people like that was done over a long period of time. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, but life is short and to yeah, accomplish true. all of that already, and you're not finished, obviously you're just getting started. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about uh, this incredible new product, uh, the pink mm -hmm. light, you know, the spirits industry is so male dominated. So I always love talking to women that are breaking through that and coming out with new innovative products that especially women will love. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, and I love yes. the name too. Um, so you're, you're raising money for that mm -hmm. right now. And there's an opportunity for people out there. I always say women, we need more angel investors and you're really looking for women, angel investors. And so I want to put that out there so that as we talk throughout the show, people realize that they could actually get involved in this very exciting product and project. Uh, first of all, let's talk about, you know, I noticed uh, that you have two uh, uh, successful, uh, a book and a, a and a podcast. Mm -hmm. They both, both of these entities, I love that one was about bliss and one was about happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that about you? Because you just have this dynamic energy and I can see why you would, you know, call your products that. So tell me about that. Oh man, I think it's, it's because, uh, you know, just growing up, I think I was eternally chasing those things because I didn't understand what they were. And I thought that they were outside of me. Um, and I, I felt as though I did not have them. So it, it's been a very long road of thinking that bliss or happiness was in a accomplishment, the, the body, the, the, you know, the friends, the popularity, the, you know, not being broke anymore, not being like growing up in a home that, you know, fa uh, my family went bankrupt when I was a teenager. And just, it, it, I couldn't have had happiness if I was in those places is kind of like what was the conversation that we were having in my life and, and the people that I was around. So you were thinking like, well, through all my travails, uh, which everybody has them, nobody yes. escapes that in this Everyone. lifetime. Uh, that you figured out how to create bliss and happiness in your life and you wanted to share that with other people. 
Yes. Yes. I, I, it's kind of this, this thing that I've learned with, you know, even as you were reading some of the accomplishments, I'm like, you know, there's like, a, there's a blueprint. And when we break down some of these different uh, blueprints of success, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's also challenging. So it's just kind of figuring out how your zone of genius can be applied to that blueprint and what, what parts of you are missing within that blueprint and how can you figure out how to bring those people into your life to get those parts filled. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I know you are also, um, a three-time uh, world champion in fitness. Uh, I imagine that you feel like a lot of bliss and happiness has to do with our physical well-being, which then impacts our mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, it, and that's been a relationship that I used to talk about all the time. With uh, you know, there, there's a place where you can really start to think that you need to be a certain way, or especially because you know, growing up, I was a, a bit of an overweight kid. My family was very overweight. So to me, I just felt like I needed to break that pattern and I ended up needing goals around it in order to start to understand, like, um, you know, to hold myself accountable to whatever it was that I was trying to achieve. And then there came up. I love that story that you were an overweight kid, your family was overweight, that you wanted to break that mold. That's, I love that because everybody thinks, oh, I have those genetics. I grew up in that way. Mm. I can't change it. And look, then you became a three-time world champion in fitness. That's, that's incredible. You know, I want to, I just want to share that because what I, what I heard growing up was, um, you know, you'll never, and and my family's so loving, but it's a, it's a pattern that we need to break, right? We all have them. We can think of whatever it is right now, a belief system. Correct. Um, and ours was, well, you'll never be able to be that, or, you know, these are our genetics. We have bad genetics. It's the family curse. Um, uh, you know, my, our, my grandparents last name was Baker and it was like, it's the Baker way. It's just what we do. Except when I started, when I, when I was a teenager, I started reading fitness magazines and there was a moment when I literally was reading like what they eat and what they do through the day. And I was like, well, I don't do any of that. My family's never done any of that. So that must mean that, you know, there's room to improve. And I had a moment of, it's not our genetics, it's our habits. Like it's, it's not remotely our genetics. So what if I gave myself a chance and applied these things and I, you know, in getting into that, it took a lot of years. I mean, it was like 10 years for me to overcome just like this habit of having two, three, four snacks at night after dinner time, you know, and just the bonding that happens over the meal and faces over the pots and pans in the kitchen and the eating and the fun and all of that stuff. And that is truly one of the hardest things that you'll ever break, but it's also, it's, it's that moment of education and power, which is a lot of, I know what you educate on in this podcast, when you realize that there are things that you have not been doing that you could be doing in order to change what your reality is. You know, it's so funny uh, that you're saying this because this morning, uh, my wife had given me these uh, quotes that sit on my desk every day and every day is a new quote. Mm. And the quote today, I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to read this on the podcast because it reminds me of your tenacity. Mm. And it says, act as if it were impossible to fail. Oh, that is so good. Act as if it were impossible to fail. That's Dorothea Brand uh, Mm. quote from her. Um, And it made me think of you because, 
you know, to become a, a three-time champion, to have a best-selling New York uh, best-selling book, to have a podcast with 25 million, to have had three seven-figure businesses, you must have had that way of thinking. Am I mm-hmm. right? That yeah, yeah, there is a point where I... Uh, Sometimes our, our challenges can be, not sometimes, they can be turned into like your greatest asset because I just reached a point where my comfort zone was so uncomfortable that I didn't have anything to lose. Um, and I thought, you know, we only get one life. And I really am not, I had to break down what my life would look like in five or 10 years if I just kept going the way that I had um, when I was in my you know teens and 20s. And a lot of those accomplishments didn't come until I was uh, like, probably 28, 29 is when they even started. So I had a big gap in there of thinking that I, you know, I was working at like coffee shops. I was doing makeup. I was working retail. um, And I was just like floundering because I was so afraid to take a job that challenged me. Or if I would, you know, I, I didn't think I was smart enough to take these other jobs or do these other things. And it wasn't until 2007 when my husband was the main breadwinner and we ended up losing everything. Like we lost our home, we lost our cars, we were $300,000 in debt. We borrowed all of his parents' money, his retirement uh, or their retirement. We were like, oh my God, we had just this huge weight of responsibility. We had no idea how we were gonna dig ourselves out of that. No, I'm telling you when I say no clue, there was no clue. Um, And we just went on walks every single day. And we were like, instead of saying, what do we do? Like, how do we back down? Like, how are we gonna dig ourselves out? Poor us. We asked a different question. And the question that came up was, and it's a phrase we use every single day, is how do we get bigger than the problem? And so it opened up our mind to what do do other people do? Like, okay, so this has happened before. Let's start looking at what other people who have been in this position before have done. What are really creative ways to make money right now? How do we get really gritty um, while we are trying to figure this out? And, And so many things ended up opening up in that place, but it was a beautiful place of, you know, when you lose everything, I was like, I really don't have anything to lose. So all of these things that I was using as an excuse, I was, I really had some like bad panic attacks and anxiety. And I was like trying every different medication to, to, to try to get over it when really for me, and I know it's different for every single person, but for me, I wasn't facing my fears. I wasn't willing to do the hard thing. I wasn't willing to go out and, and fail. I wasn't willing to, you know, have a panic attack in public. Like, and, and when I just said, I have nothing to lose at this point and I have to start facing this. I just had a really hard truth that no one was coming to save me and nothing could fix it except for me. Um, And that was a moment of just like, I'm gonna do all the hard things. I'm gonna, you know, get in the rooms with these people who know more than me. I'm gonna, you know, go through letting myself feel stupid or fail if I need to. And and that's really when things started changing, knowing that the, the hard things and the things that made me sick to my stomach were where all the magic was. Wow. I love that advice, you know, and for people listening that want to get out of their comfort zone, um, you know, you are an inspiration. And uh, I love that you tell that story because so many times, you know, people say, well, gosh, she built these businesses and she's a champion and she's done the book and the podcast and oh my God, success, 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 not even knowing your backstory, which I always love about the podcast is sharing people's backstory Mm. because It wasn't like they were born with all this, but how did they get there? That's what people always want to understand. How did they get from here to Mm. there? 
And I love that you share your story, you know, here and in your book, um, a, a tribe called bliss. Uh, mm. what is that is, what is that about? So, um, also when I was younger, I was, uh, raised in, in a bit more of a restrictive religion, just meaning my, my family's still in it. It's great. I'm grateful for it, but I'm no, I'm no longer in it. Um, but it was, uh, where you, we couldn't associate with people outside of the religion. So when I was 18 and I decided not to be a part of that religion anymore, um, it wasn't just a decision of, oh, I'm leaving the religion. It was a true decision of leaving everybody that I had ever grown up with. And I didn't have any outside interactions whatsoever, like homeschool through high school, all of the things. So it was very much a small town makes it even smaller with a smaller religion, not, not leaving that. So um, I, I, I actually love this topic because make it religion, make it family, make it whatever you want that you have to leave or leave behind or move past or transcend in order to become you like the actual version of you make it whatever you want. There is going to be a place in your life where in order to become the you that you want to be, or that, you know, that you were sent here to be, that you are going to have to leave something. And there is going to be a part of that journey that is going to be the longest, hardest journey of your life in the middle. Now, right? would you say, uh, cause you and I met um, through some friends that we were putting together uh, a, a speaking engagement on clubhouse called mm -hmm. um, Femme Boss Babes. I mean, excuse me, Femme Boss Squad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoops. And, uh, <laughs> and it's really about, um, wouldn't you say, I, I feel like what you're saying and I feel this is important for entrepreneurs uh, is to find your people. Yep. And what I mean by that is other entrepreneurs that have that same uh, can-do philosophy uh, and that by surrounding yourself with those people, that's how you really become an accomplished entrepreneur. So in other words, you might have in your life people that are doing other things that aren't entrepreneurial and kind of saying, oh, you can't do that or that's not going to mm -hmm. work. You have to get away from that, right? You have to surround yourself with other can-do people mm -hmm. that are also in this entrepreneurial world so you can figure out things together. Hey, what I can't mm -hmm. figure out, maybe you can and vice versa. And let's help each other. I always say women need to lift each other up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You 100 bazillion percent. Like it's, we cannot do this alone. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing it alone and you're getting somewhere, you could get, you know, 10 times further, faster with more fun with people. Mm -hmm. Now that journey is interesting because we have a lot of old stories. We're probably breaking with relationships and female relationships and things like that. And that's really what I found as I set out on this journey of writing that book is that we get in our way a lot. We have a lot of old stories that something happened in high school where somebody gossiped about us or, or made our lives living hell. And now we're really afraid to be friends with women again, like, or friends with whomever, anyone. And it's, it's really the, it's the journey. The book is about the journey of needing to do exactly what you said, because we can't do it alone. And, you know, when you get in the rooms with the right people, which is a journey in itself, finding that and understanding how to connect with them and, and what they're really looking for and how to add value to their lives and how not to, you know, bend over backwards and be a people pleaser to try to get these friends and whatever that have boundaries and all of the things. 
Um, but the importance of getting in those rooms with those people who feel the same way, because the impossible becomes possible when you see it in someone else. Right. And that's what happened so many, so many times for me in these different rooms. And I have all these markers in my life that I'm like, oh, that was the moment that this became possible for me. And, you know, one, just an example, uh, I know we, we had kind of connected through Susan Sly and I had met her through one of the, the network marketing companies that I had um, been in. And I had a moment where I was so against network marketing and it was, uh, you know, I was in this low point, we were so in debt and I had watched another woman who was just like me, like just, there was no different. I just really, she was a peer, like she was just like me. And I watched what she was able to do. She actually showed me her one week paycheck and here I am you know, making nothing. And she's like, shows me this paycheck for like $14,000 in a week. And I said, teach me what you're doing. I was like, right show me what you're doing because I am desperate right now. And I have, you know, I'm just in this really bad place. And, you know, I always say that to people, if you see somebody that's doing what you want to be doing, approach them, you know, I'm, I'm all about women helping women. And sometimes people will say, Oh, women don't help women or they're just out for themselves or they're at the top and they don't want to help anybody. Yeah. There are people like that, but there are so many more women that want to help other women. Yes. And, and if somebody you approach doesn't want to help you, it's okay. There's not your people. Go find your people. Go find people that do want to help you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think is, is great advice. Um, by the way, I just remembered we met in Clubhouse and it's called Fem Boss Squad. I think I said something else. So Femme Boss Squad on Sundays. Yeah. Susan Sly, she's amazing. She created that. Um, And it was on that. I want to bring back to Clubhouse because when I heard you speak on that about your new business, um, which is um, Pink Light, um, I loved your enthusiasm. I loved your energy. And I said, who wouldn't want to invest in this woman? Mm -hmm. Because really people invest in the founder. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to love the product. Yes. But the second biggest thing after you love the product is you've got to identify with the founder. Do you think this person can take it to the goal line? Mm -hmm. And um, I know uh, Susan has invested in you and you're raising money right now. And uh, how much money are you looking to raise? Uh, we are raising $2 million and I'm, I, I'm actually, which is so exciting, almost there. So I think we're going to close out this month, which I'm so oh excited gosh, about. That is so exciting. And you know, a lot of people will listen and go, wow, how is she raising $2 million? You know, people really, women want to understand how hmm. they can do that. And one of the things is, I think this quote I read earlier, act as if it were impossible to fail. I I imagine that's what you do. Like, you don't even see that as an option. Like you're like, I'm raising this $2 million and that's it. Right. Well, if you were in my head around 2 AM every night, you'd think differently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, I mean, everybody has those. Absolutely. You gotta have at least a determination that this is doable, right? You're absolutely right. I have to, so I have to keep on resetting to that. So that is my reset. Um, because you do have those moments and, you know, in the beginning, when you're doing those first few calls, I mean, it is, it's messy. It's sloppy. I'm sweating. I, I'm scared about, you know, all the questions that I, I can't answer yet. And, you know, there's still, I just had a call yesterday and someone got on the phone and was very like, you know, just it's, you learn a lot about people. You know that you learn a lot about people and, and it's you mean when you're raising money, when you're raising money and you know, cause you forget that we're all just dealing with a bunch of different fears or how we want to show up. And, and sometimes it's like, 
I forget that the person is not necessarily challenging me, but sometimes people want to just tell you how much they know. Sometimes people want to prove things to you. Sometimes people are just the way that they are. This is how they approach everything. And it's been such a lesson in just showing up and letting it be okay. And just kind of like you said, with finding your people, like sometimes it's just not your people. And right away I'm like, Right. That's just not somebody that I even want to have invested in here and and Godspeed and love you and amazing. And you're awesome, but not for me. And I think that's like, I love that you uh, say, you know, you're not taking just anybody's investment. You want people that really believe in you and believe in the product and think this is the greatest thing, you know? Um, So, okay. There's somebody out there, let's say they need to raise $2 million. Where do you begin? Like, you just started uh, contacting possible investors, like in a cold call or sometimes warm introductions, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's kind of been uh, when, when you think about the reasons why connecting with people and networking is so important is because it's moments like these, when you, I have asked, I mean, my asking muscle is so strong right now because Um, you, you can't be afraid to ask for what you need. And sometimes you feel annoying. Like I've had lots of days where I'm like, oh my God, I'm sending like the sixth email to this person. (laughs) Like they said they would help me. So I'm going to get them to help me. Um, and and I think it's reaching out. So the, the, if you want to be like the, the first thing I did was I reached out to someone who, uh, was, had raised money the year prior. I wanted to sit with him and ask him a, a ton of questions about like, you know, what, what can I expect? How do these calls even go? What should I, you know, my, what does my outreach email look like? And I just kind of said, can I just pass this by you? So when I, when I wrote it all up and did all the things, um, I passed it by him. He's like, yep, this is a great start. That was about it. So great. I've got a great start. And from there, what I did was either talk to girls who, or talk to women who had either, you know, um, I I knew that they had invested before. I asked if they were in any groups that would be interested in this opportunity. Um, You know, women who I knew were doing big things who were always growing and wanted to do bigger things as well, meaning just like new things, right? Um, So I had a lot of those women in my circle and I, I learned how to pitch the story to each person, which is what I learned in network marketing. I can't pitch the same story to all all of these different people. I have to- That makes sense. I have to listen and figure out what they want. So I would look at these groups of women that I wanted involved in my company. I got really strategic. I was like, who do I want to, who do I want to like have meetings with? Who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to feel supported by? Who do I want to feel connected to? And I was like, okay, these two women, what do they want? Okay. And I would be like, what does this give that? This gives them the opportunity to have ownership in a company in a masterclass and figuring out what it's going to be like to kind of run this company. Cause I think that they want products in the future if I'm sensing what I'm sensing. So what I would do is I would get on and kind of pitch those stories. Cause you're still, you're selling yourself. You're selling the story, you're selling the vision. And whenever I forget that and I get two in the numbers or two in these projections, because let's be real, like in the beginning, it's all just made up anyway. You're just, you're creating something off of a goal, off of what vision. you want, but you don't have reality. It's not based in reality. Right. It's so, a vision. It's a vision. And, and truly, I really do believe the only thing based in reality is the vision that you see and feel that you're breathing life into. Um, so it was like, how can I paint this for them? And how can I really get them involved and on board? So that's the most important thing. If you can really think about who you want in there and then what do they want and how could this benefit them and how is it an opportunity for them? And I think um, that magical thing that people say is that people don't even remember what you say. 
They remember how you make them feel. And by listening to them and uh, framing up what you're doing with what they are looking for, I could see how it it would make them feel uh, heard and connected to what you're doing. Let's talk about what pink light is because nobody knows yet. Uh, We haven't even talked about what the product is. It's a unique product in the spirits market. And let me let you tell them what it is. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, It is a a light rosé flavored wine seltzer. Um, So it's kind of wine's answer to all of these uh, emerging seltzers that are coming out because those are all like beer-based, brew-based, sugar-based. Um, so it's, it's a bit, a, I wanted something, I wanted to create like a true brand that really felt like a community and a lifestyle within that industry. We do it in a ton of other things, right. But we don't right. really have it in this industry where we're actually, where a lot of women and people have been connecting for years. Like wine has been a connector for years. So how can I elevate that experience? And then how can we also kind of, you know, it is a very male dominated industry and it's just kind of crazy that all of these things that are, you know, that women go gaga over are created by men. Like why wouldn't we put our kind of spin and flavor into um, you know, these products that we are drinking and we're mostly a, a lot of the consumers of for some of it. Right. So, you know, and I just uh, saw the uh, beer seltzer commercial on the Super Bowl, and I'm like, yes, wow, Lori is in the right place because where that really speaks to men, what you're doing really speaks to women. I mean, a, a wine rosé seltzer, I think it's brilliant. And I think that's the type of thing. Women like something lighter. They like it. Yours is very healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they want something less caloric and wine-based. I think it's, I, you know, perfect, uh, great, great niche market. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's not fully out there yet, but it is. So it's in this, it's kind of in that considered a bit of that seltzer category, but wine. So we're in a bit of a space where some people, you know, and you'll hear everything raising money. And I think that's what I want to say is, it's all good. All of the feedback. I've had some people get on and say, eh, it's a little too niche. You're, you're not including men and you're not, um, you know, it's, it's a, a bit of like, it's not a seltzer. It's not a wine. What are you? We don't Wait, know where can to I put just you yet. Is that a man that said that? We did have a lot of men say that. So. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, that's the whole, that's the whole thing with men creating all the products in the spirits world the products tend to speak to men right where now that more women are getting into this space. I know some women that are in the vodka space and, and others, you know, wine space, but this wine seltzer rosé is a whole new unique category in that space, but it does speak to women. And I could see why you're looking for predominantly women investors, which I love that you're doing that. And, um, you know, we need more angel investors who are women. That's mm-hmm. how we're going to level the playing field in the funding world. I say this every week. And uh, if there's anybody out there listening, you know, uh, they should be looking for people like yourself that have these new innovative products that they can be a part of. They could mm-hmm. be on the ground floor of your business and and watch it and help it boom. Wow. How, how mm-hmm. exciting is that? Uh, a lot of women don't even understand they have that opportunity. Uh, through finding people like you. Uh, It could be on Clubhouse. It could be uh, through venture capital groups or a lot of pitch fest, uh, you know, various ways that they can get enrolled in these uh, programs to educate themselves on uh, 
uh, angel investing, but women have got to get into the game. And uh, I love that you are uh, raising capital and and being very successful with it. And and you're such an inspiration to others who are looking to uh, raise that money. Um, And I often ask too, like when you had this concept, uh, you had to find somebody to make the product, Mm -hmm. package the product. Now you're working on, I'm sure, distributing the product. There's a lot of parts to it. Is 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 there any advice for somebody that you know is creating a product? Like, what was your experience? Oh man, there's so much advice, <laughs> not enough time. Um, but I will say, you're gonna feel like you know nothing. There's gonna be so many moments where you just are gonna feel crazy for what you're doing, um, and you got to tap back into the vision and remember, it's like one thing at a time. And if you are not getting your answer, it simply means you're either not asking the right person yet, or you're not asking the right question. And so whenever it just is like, oh, I'm not getting the answer yet. I can get real with yourself and be like, have I really worked as hard as I could right now or asked enough people, or am I staying in my comfort zone of people who I could ask? I mean, there have been days where I just sit and I'm like, well, I'm sending these emails to people who are like, they're either going to be like, totally ignore me, think I'm crazy or, you know, like outlandish people who I just literally just like, you know, throwing darts at dream people who I would want in. And guys, sometimes it happens. Sometimes they answer. Sometimes they say, I love that. You know, um, (laughs) I was reading something recently about, you know, the most successful people are solution oriented. So You know, whenever there is a obstacle and gosh knows there'll be plenty, uh, to always realize there is a solution and it's yeah. just a matter of finding it. And one way I like to look at it, and I bet you do too, is it's almost like a game, like, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, like finding the solution is almost like uh, a scavenger hunt. Yep. You know, there. And, and that instead of making it hard, make it like a fun game, like, wow, I wonder who has this answer because somebody does. And then asking this person and who tells you about that person that tells you about this person, somebody's got that solution because they've been there, done that. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, we don't have to have all the answers, do we? So that's yeah. great advice. I love that you, it, just that simple, simple reframe of like, I wonder who has the answer because a lot of times, it, you know, the thing that will take you down is, is I don't know this, or I can't find the answer and just right. really notice your language. And right. that will even start changing everything. I love that. And, and realizing that finding the solution really is where the fun begins. Yep. <laughs> so fun. Well, I am so impressed with uh, everything you've accomplished. You're such an inspiration to other women, especially who just heard your story. It wasn't, you know, it's it's usually a, a adversity to triumph story. It doesn't start off, you know, triumphant from the beginning. Everybody <laughs> has their stuff they go through. That's that's why we're here. But to find your purpose and then, you know, have it soar. There's nothing greater. And um, I love that you're creating a, a new product that really it's healthy and it reaches a, a great niche and um, it's very exciting. People can find this uh, or information. Um, is it your website is uh, Pink Light? Um, light Pink. So L I T E N K. It's great. We'll yeah. we'll get them there. So yeah. light light pink. Um, and then also we're we're already like starting a lot of different community things with light pink. So we do a lot on Instagram because we are going to be direct to consumer that first year. Um, so we're having so on a lot Instagram of fun. and social media. They'll find you at light pink. So it's drink light 
light pink on Instagram. Cause you know how fun Drink it is to try to get pink. on Instagram. I love it. <laughs> Drink light pink on Instagram, lightpink.com uh, for everything else. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your story. Of course, everybody out there, you can follow us as well at She Angel Investors. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to invest in her. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Take care. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.